0: is a presentation of financial crisis recovery.
1: Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength. Todd Rooker.
2: Well, good morning, everybody. How is it going out there in our coronavirus world that we now find ourselves in? Interesting times, isn't it? Well, our show, Cover Your Assets, is all about how to turn lemons into lemonade. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, I, like you, uh, read and see so much about how to spend less and save more, and I don't know how you feel about that, but on some level, I kind of reject that. Um, you know, I've got a I've got what I like to call an abundance mentality, and that maybe is I don't know, maybe it's unique, maybe it is. Uh, but for me, uh, it's always been more about control spending and earn more as opposed to simply earning the same, being happy with that and spending less, less, less and, and basically converting your life into how to live for no money. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, as I say, I kind of reject that. Uh, I, I want to have a good life. I don't want to be miserable. Uh, but there's certainly something to be said for uh, extravagance and going over the top. And the challenge with that is that your lifestyle is or can be, come insatiable. And uh, you're encouraged to do that. You watch TV and you get the notion that everybody's a multimillionaire. And uh, that's certainly not true. But whatever your perception is, the one thing you got to know is that the only way that income can create wealth is if you spend less than you earn. And that is going to be done through a combination of a couple things either one that you will earn more and or two that you will spend less or a combination of those and when you do that then you have to take that money and have to know what to do with it to create what I like to call leverage. I will tell you that over the next year as I have experienced in the last month I will probably be busier than I have been for the last few years uh, during the during the farm crisis, when I got started with this dealing with people who were in financial crisis, farmers at that point, uh, I really cut my teeth on going to battle with financial institutions. And then again, uh, when the real estate crisis came, and very likely uh, when this uh, issue subsides to some degree, and even when people get back to work, there's going to be a whole lot of people who are gonna be in financially challenged positions. Now, whether you know this or not, I am that guy who helps people with that, uh, more so than the attorney, who you may logically think you, you should go to. Uh, what you may not know is that I can talk to you and position you in a way that an attorney really can't or shouldn't do, uh, to try to minimize the damage and to help you preserve what you can to position you, and here's the most important thing, to be able to rebuild on the other side. So my job is to know what the attorney, the financial advisor, the mortgage broker, the credit specialist, the real estate agent, all of those people rolled into one know. And although I'm certain that sounds like a jack of all trades and master of none, it is in fact exactly what I do and those are the areas that I have to be fluent in and in a substantive way not just simply I kind of know a little bit I really have to know a lot about every one of those areas and I've said this on the show before but I'll say it now I teach continuing education classes to every one of those professions so I am very well versed on what they do what they can do what they don't do um, and what they can't do And that's kind of my forte, is to bridge the gap and to be able to walk a person through that process, tell them who they need, who they don't need, and uh, when they need each profession. And undoubtedly, I could have a, a line of people who could attest to how I've helped them through these processes over the years. And I mean thousands of people that I've helped through that process. Now, having said that, how to position yourself to minimize the damage, deal with the challenges that you have, financial challenges, that being debt. The real issue is, although the folks that I'm working with don't know this, the real issue is how do you position yourself to rebuild when you're finished dealing with the challenges? And that, sadly, doesn't really occur to people because they tend to be so fixated on how to deal with the issue they have right in front of them, that they fail to recognize that when this reaches its conclusion and it's over and you get to draw a line in the sand and say, thank the good Lord, I'm finished with this. Now you want to know, how do I rebuild my life? Well, I'm telling you, you need to position to do that right from the onset. That's what I'm trying to say. And for a lot of people, they don't. Well, it's my job. When people hire me to help them through that process, it's my job to position them to do that. And for a lot of folks who go through that, they may not be uh, age-wise in the optimum uh, position in their lives or, 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 or age in their lives to rebuild. They may believe because they're in their 40s, uh, their 50s, even their 60s, that it's all over and, you know, there just isn't enough time on their side to be able to rebuild and recover from this. And they're essentially relegated to a life of, of, of minimalist living and, and it's all over. Well, you know, look, I'm going to tell you something. It probably does work out that way for a lot of people. The question is, does it need to work out that way? And the answer is absolutely not. However, We are all so limited by our own personal thinking. It isn't that the world, and especially living in America, doesn't have enormous opportunities and possibilities, because it does. And if you say it doesn't, it's because that's what you think. And as in everything else in life, whatever you think, most likely your mind has programmed you to believe that you're right. I'm going to tell you that I help people every day rebuild And when they come back from the challenge, and challenges make us, folks, make no mistake about it, you should embrace challenges. You should love them. You should perceive them and look upon them as a blessing in your life that causes you to do more and become more. But I work with many, many people who, if not for the challenge, they would never have risen and succeeded in the way that they have at this point. And so when I'm talking about that, the real estate challenge, how many developers, how many builders who were who were multi-millionaires and lost everything and then rebuilt on the other side of it? How many people who lost their jobs, who thought that they were, you know, finished and have come back stronger than ever despite what we've got going on right now Uh, everybody has that opportunity to retool, to look at things with a fresh perspective and say, how do I take advantage of this circumstance and become more than I otherwise would have been? And so that's what I want to talk about. That's what the show is going to be about, is how to, sure, if you're going to have, deal with the, the downside, and make no mistake, if you're in that position hey, call me because I am the guy who can help you through this. Uh, But the real question is, how do you rebuild? And for a lot of people, you know, you go on the internet and you can read, you know, uh, good Lord, article after article after article about how to save money as opposed to how to make more money. And that's, I don't know what, I guess people, it's it's so much easier, isn't it, to just Have the status quo in terms of income. Maintain it. Keep working with the same two-week paycheck. Oh, that's so depressing just to even think about it for me. Been self-employed my whole life. The same static two-week paycheck, weekly paycheck, whatever it is, with no potential, no opportunity. And you're just sitting there treading water, going absolutely nowhere. And so in your mind, that's just the way it is, and the only thing for you to ever do to be able to have less, uh, uh, spend less money than you earn is to have a lesser lifestyle, save money, and put that money away. Now, don't get me wrong. It, that's helpful. I mean, if it works, it works, and who am I to argue with that? But even if you did that, wouldn't it make sense that you earn more money and maintain that standard of living? And if you do that, now you've got vastly more to invest, to save, and to build yourself. And so the issue many times is that you do have to earn more because you simply don't earn enough. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, if, if If I don't earn enough, well, so how do you figure out if that's even true? Because I'm telling you that mentally you reject that, that thought and you don't want to think about it. And you have to have the courage and you have to have the strength to confront that because you may be stuck in a dead end job, dead end profession, dead end opportunity. And you have to recognize that. So let me tell you how we do it. And then, you know, maybe, maybe you can do this for yourself. And uh, look, if you want my help, great but here's how we do it. So the first thing is to create uh, what you might call a budget. But from my perspective, it's a controlled spending plan. So what is that about? Well, it's not about putting numbers down that you're receiving your bills you know my my utility bill comes in so i take that number and i write it down in the in the cost of natural gas and electricity and water and and phone and all see that's the easy part that's the easy part and see when you get to the things that you have control over a choice discretionary uh, things that, that, that your kids are involved in, extracurricular activities, uh, vacation, holiday spending, the type of car that you have, all of these things. You typically, because you already, if you take these static numbers, the mortgage payment or the rent payment and the utilities and all the things I just mentioned, once you do that, that's already a way bigger number than you wanted it to be as compared with the take-home pay, the money that you actually have to work with them. By the way, it's so astounding to me, the cogniz- cogn- uh, cognitive dissidence in that people don't want to know. How is it that people can be working in a job for a decade or more and not know how much they earn? <laughs> I, I mean, they come to me and they don't, and, and I'll ask them the question, they'll say, well, let's go online and I'll get my paycheck. And I'm just astounded by that. How can you not know what that number is? In the world of money and business, let me make a point. The adage is, know your numbers, know your numbers, know your numbers. Now, this, of course, applies to business owners, but it applies to you as an employee as well. How can you not know that? So when you put in those static numbers against the actual money, take-home pay that you have to work with, wow, that's a much bigger piece than you probably had fully appreciated prior to putting down these numbers. Now, is this a reason why you don't do it? Of course it is. It's not that you're not smart enough. It's that you're so intelligent, you know exactly what you don't want to (laughs) know. That's the absolute truism right there. So when you put those numbers in, here's the sad portrayal. There's not a lot of money left after that for discretionary spending. So guess what that has you doing if you are an 8 out of 10 person. It has you putting numbers in the remaining portion of your so-called budgeting spreadsheet that you wish you were only spending so that you don't have to get even more uncomfortable with these numbers. Because let's be real, most people would rather have their teeth pulled out than actually sit down and do a budget. I mean, they reject it. They avoid it. They don't want to do it because they don't want to confront what they don't want to know. So when you fill out a budget all by yourself, most likely you're either one taking numbers that you spent last year, which for most people, by the way, that's depressing. And it doesn't give you the detail in the categories for you to actually see where you're spending that money. And so is that a problem? Yeah, it's a problem. And it really doesn't tell you anything because whatever happened happened and it's too late to do anything about it. You had no control. And here's the other thing. You might be left wanting. In other words, last year, last year's numbers were not something that you were excited about. In other words, you feel like you really had them. You didn't have the life you wanted last year, which means that if you earn more, you logically want to spend more. (laughs) Because, hey, I, I, I this, 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 this stinks. Well, that's a problem. So you don't create your spending plan in that way. What you instead do is you put the static numbers down. Now know that the more consistent a number, the more easily it can be managed. But you put those numbers in because those are simple and straightforward. So if I have utilities like natural gas and electricity, I want to be on the budget plan. The budget plan gives me a straightforward static number monthly over the course of 12 months, obviously knowing that there will be ups and downs. What this tells me is what I need in the good times and the bad times in terms of the cost of spending, the expensive times, hey, natural gas in the winter time. I'm going to spend more money. In the summertime, I'm going to spend less because I've got the air conditioning going or what have you. So I want a static number that is the same every single month. Well, when you put all these numbers in there, you're going to go, whoa. And then the money that will be left over for dis- discretionary spending is going to be way less, because if you do this right, your spreadsheet is automatically going to tell you how much of what you have to work with you have left, and it's not going to be a lot. So what you instead really want to do is to put those numbers in, and then when you get to the discretionary spending, you do not put what you spent last year, and you do not put numbers that you wish you were only spending. You forget the grand total, and you go through in great detail And you put down what you want to do, the things, the activities, the lifestyle that by goodness, you believe you ought to be able to have. And here's what's going to take place for the first time in your life. You are going to realize what it costs to maintain the lifestyle that you perceive by goodness you ought to be able to have. Remember this, guys everybody has that number in their head. Most people don't go shopping with a spreadsheet in their pocket. They know what they think is acceptable to spend on their kid's birthday present. They know the house that they want to live in and the neighborhood that they they want that house to be in. They they know what they expect. And when you put those numbers down, let me just guarantee you, Eight out of 10 people's budgets are not going to balance in so much as their take-home pay, listen to this, listen, 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 will not support the perceived lifestyle that they believe they should be able to have. And if that's the case, and you're not doing anything about the income, then you're never going to have money left over to invest and to support yourself and create any form of independence much less retirement let's take a break and we will be back talking about how to create financial stability income expenses what's left and what do we do with it we will be back in just a moment commercial real estate if you're looking to lease purchase or sell commercial real estate working with the right team is everything metro east commercial real estate is the name to know John and Ann Whitcomb, along with their team, have over 35 years experience. They have the knowledge and skill to represent and guide you every step of the way. Whether you're a seasoned professional real estate investor, a business owner, or possibly would just like to learn and gain knowledge to get involved in commercial real estate investing, Metro East Commercial Real Estate should be your first call. You can find them on the web by going to MetroEastCRE.com, that's M E T R O eastcre.com or by calling them at 651-351-5005. Again, that number 651 351
0: Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient aggressive and innovative solutions to complex legal problems wise counsel winning results go to parkerdk.com
3: he can lift a bus straight over his head he can fly around the world in seconds and he has the power to regenerate
1: entire limbs Russell
3: Williams Home Services is your go-to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing, and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007, we have the tools, equipment, and knowledge to properly care for your home or business. We offer competitive, transparent pricing and free on-site or online consultations. Our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects, such as apartments, schools, and assisted living complexes in a timely manner, often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a complete list of services we provide, please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059.
2: Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639.
1: You're listening to Cover
2: Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, I mean, basically, how do you succeed? I mean, how do you do it? And uh, I've, I have made the point uh, at the top of the show, which is that there's an abundance of information about how to save money, uh, spend less, and save more. So little information about how to earn more it's like once once you get on the treadmill once you're that little hamster running around on the on the treadmill that's it you're stuck and that's the way it is and and you know here's the thing for most people that is the way it is and so you know if you want to be like most people you'll have so much company you can you can jump into everything holding hands because everyone will agree with you because they're in the same boat well look you got to stop thinking that way. You have to change the way you think. And you have to be around other people who don't think that way as well. And and what's, what's the challenge there? The challenge there is very simple. They're going to confront your manner of perception and thinking. There's no question. And what happens then? You feel really uncomfortable because you have to actually start considering your station in life as compared with those other people who chances are, are infinitely more successful than you are from a financial perspective. Please know this. I hear so many of you are already, you know, money's not everything and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I just, uh, yep, That's that's your brainwashing already. Money isn't everything. Money doesn't make people healthy and money doesn't make you a better person. I'm 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 clear on that. All right. But this notion that because of that, it's evil and you shouldn't want to make more money to have a better life and to have more stability and provide uh, more in your in these days that you have walking this earth. That's the biggest bunch of nonsense I've ever heard in my life. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make more, and if you want to do that because you've already most likely been brainwashed by all the other people who don't think this way, you have to be around people who do think that way, and those people are going to challenge you and make you feel uncomfortable, and your natural inclination there is to not be around people like that because of the way they make you feel, and it's exactly what you need to do because the things that make you feel uncomfortable cause you to do more. And if they don't, then you're weak. You need to stand up and say, I can do it too. If successful people have overcome their personal challenges, and Lord knows everybody has them, and they are able, despite that, to succeed, then so are you. But you've got to see that manifest in people side by side so you come to the conclusion that they're not unique that they're just like you and if they can do it you legitimately can too this is so critical so critical and so you know <clears throat> what does it take to save money let's go at that a little bit because everybody would have you believe that you're going to cut coupons you're going to get a really good deal on stuff and i'm going to tell you that although there's nothing wrong with that if that's the way you want to come at it you know you want to turn being thrifty into a full-time sport <laughs> as i laughingly like to say and look i know people like this i mean there's they're they're continually trying to get a good deal on everything. And they think that that's the way to go because they're in a position or an occupation or a profession, a job, and that's where they are. And maybe they will progress, but they have very little control over it and it just is what it is and that's it. So, you know, they they, they ascribe to this manner of thinking. Well, what I'm trying to say is if you do that, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Um, but I'm going to tell you that some of the major things that everybody does without being all that mindful are some of the most destructive things you can do to your financial future. And what's worse is that most likely you've done some of these things or all of them or most of them and you don't teach your kids not to do the same thing it's just like a disease. It goes forward, and they do the same thing that you did, which are, as I say, incredibly uh, uh, destructive things. So let me give you some example. An education, which is moreover the cost of an education. The cost of education has exponentially increased relative to in the early 80s when I went to college, and if you're older than me, Oh my goodness, the cost of an education as compared with the inflationary rate across the board – educational costs have gone up so much it's just ridiculous to the point where somebody can go to work get a job with a four-year degree a bachelor's degree which frankly isn't a whole lot in today's world and although you may be the first one going to college if you have this notion that simply graduating from a four-year college is going to buy you prosperity in your life you are just flat out delusional and if it is going to do that then you better be conscious of of the investment cost of that education and monetizing, meaning how much you will earn and how you will use that education to earn more money to justify its cost. So you can't simply mindlessly go into a profession that you love or that, or that you're passionate about when in fact, the cost of that education could be atrocious as compared with the potential income it provides relative to what you could have earned if you didn't even go to school at all. What do you mean by that? I mean, education has its own reward, right? Yeah, maybe at a cocktail party. Um, No, Uh, you know, there's a whole lot of jobs that don't require a four-year degree that will pay as much or more than people who get into professions and spend a lifetime in these professions and make very little money and it's a sad portrayal on things that after they get out of school and after they secure those positions and then start raising children only then do they fully appreciate how little money that they earn relative to what they had expected remember that point i made at the top of the show about a perception of a lifestyle that they believe by goodness they should be able to have and when they come to the conclusion that the job occupation and or profession that they are involved in engaged in will not support the lifestyle that they expected here's how they feel about that society doesn't reward the job that i do the way that it should they they just simply don't reward the the job, the people like me who do this incredibly important work. Yeah, well listen, dum dum, it was like that before you went to school. So if that's if 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 you're now in your thirties and you're just figuring this out, it's a little bit late. You should have known this when you went to the guidance counselor or talked to your parents about what you were going to pursue in college and what the potential incomes and jobs were going to be when you got out. So the first mistake that people make is they spend too much money on an education and don't concern themselves with how much income they're going to make or earn when they get that degree. So that's number one. Don't waste money on an education unless the, the outcome justifies its cost. Second, they spend too much money on engagement rings. They spend too much money on the cost of a wedding. They spend too much money on the cost of a honeymoon when they can't afford it. And even if someone else is paying for it, I would much rather have the money to invest as an emergency backup plan to start my financial life than taking a trip to Tahiti. Now, you'll argue with me and you'll say, you know, uh, that 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 uh, that the value of experiences far outweighs financial concerns. And I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree because it isn't that I don't believe that those wonderful times together and those opportunities aren't meaningful. I do believe they are. But I think they put people in compromised financial positions and they set them up to fail right from the very beginning. And what, what can you say about that? Um, the next major, major mistake that people make, they buy their first home and they overspend on that first home. That's, huge mistake. Additionally, they buy that first home, they live in it for five years, seven years, three years, whatever it is, and then they take whatever equity they had gleaned. Equity meaning the down payment that they put on the house in the first place, maybe they put 10 or 20 percent down, maybe they put 3.5, <laughs> and not good, uh, and then they lived in the house for five years, and the value of homes didn't depreciate but inflation caused the cost of that home to go up so now they can sell it and they can have more money upon the sale the asset how much it's now worth it's worth more than when they bought it and the amount that they have as a loan balance has been paid down somewhat and then they take that amount of money and they use it as the down payment and roll it to the next bigger home, the move-up home, that they buy. Well, this is, you know, like a a tested time in memoriam that people do, right? Because everybody does it. Well, let me just tell you right now, it's a mistake. It's a huge mistake. What you instead should do is to buy the first home that you ever purchased And not look at it as the forever home. Oh, honey, this is beautiful. Can't you just, can't you just envision having, having our friends over and, and, and seeing our kids run around in the backyard? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Don't buy the house and don't vet it. Make the decision based on that. Make the decision on is this a good investment property? Because if you're smart, you will from day one start saving the down payment for the next home because you will not be rolling the equity from that home to the next home, you will simply keep that property as your first investment property, where now at this point, the payment has become low relative to the cost of living. Remember that rents will go up. And when rents go up, and the tenant, their money, is paying off that home, now over the next 30 years, that home is going to be paid off with other people's money and not one more dollar, if you do it right, is going to come out of your pocket to pay for that asset that you will now own. Huge! And then when you move, you've been saving all along for the down payment to purchase the next property with the same sense in mind. Do that two or three times and tell me that your net worth won't be infinitely higher than simply those who are putting 3% into their 401k. (laughs) I mean, seriously. That mistake that people don't do, and they make that mistake over and over again, are encouraged to do it by everybody they know because they have this incessant need, this irrepressible need to prove how you're doing financially by buying a bigger home, a bigger car, and all these things, and that causes them not to succeed. So that's one of the major issues. Let's take another break and we'll be right back talking about how you can succeed by making the right moves and thinking before you do that. We'll be right back.
3: convenient offices in the Twin Cities. GreatWatersFinancial.com Russell Williams Home Services is your go-to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing, and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007, we have the tools, equipment, and knowledge to properly care for your home or business. We offer competitive, transparent pricing and free on-site or online consultations. Our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects, such as apartments, schools, and assisted living complexes in a time manner, often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a complete list of services we provide, please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059.
2: Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on a insurance. How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property. How to start, manage, and sell a business. It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial coaching. 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker. 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. The Lone Ranger and Tonto. Yes. Laurel and Hardy. Oh, yes. Butch
0: and Sundance. That's right. Turner and Hooch.
2: Okay.
1: Tango and Cash. Uh, All right. Starsky and Hutch. Uh, Itchy and Scratchy. Okay. Batman and Robin. Thank you. Got the idea. It's that every superhero needs a sidekick. That's
3: why when Jason Walgrave needs help for his customers, he calls on Mike Overson at Leader One Financial.
2: Find out how to get started on making your plan today at applywithmike.com, because he's super. Laverne and Shirley. Exactly. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also Find Arlis Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763 786 0639. That contact information again, accounting offices.net or by simply calling 763 786
1: SMA, the number two, D-A-Y
2: You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Hey, welcome back. So, you know, we're talking about mistakes that people make. Now, not only do they buy a home, roll the equity, and not invest the money, not create an asset. Remember, an asset makes me money and a liability costs me money. Well, if you apply that standard to your single family home that you live in, which one is it? A liability or an asset. It's a liability. Yet everybody refers to their single family home that they live in as an asset. Why? Cuz it's the only freaking asset they have. <laughs> Cuz they don't own anything. Uh, their car, their new car that they just purchased is worth less than the outstanding balance on the loan and continues for three or four years until they trade in and start the stupid plan all over again. So is buying a new car a big mistake? It's a massive mistake, and people do it over and over again over their life because they want to prove to people how you're doing financially. Uh, they refinance the home, and whatever equity they did have, they pull it out, and then they do what? They use it to remodel the home or pay down debt. Well, let me just tell you something. Remodeling your home in many cases is a colossal mistake. Well, what do you mean? Everybody does that. Yeah. And, and, and they also tell me that a home is the best investment the average person can make, which is completely incorrect information. Under the best scenario, you're lucky. And I mean, very lucky if any money you put into the house gets you to the break even point. But remember that whatever you do with that money, it's no longer making you any money. It's now a dead investment, which is depreciating and costing you money. Most likely the best case scenario has you getting a 90% return on investment, which means for every dollar you put in, you're losing 10 cents on every dollar. That's under the best scenario. When you finish your lower level, It probably is 50 cents on the dollar. And not only that, if the house that you live in resides in a neighborhood where the comparables won't justify the increased cost that you just put into it because the other homes around it aren't large enough, expensive enough to support the additional income, you could have lost every dollar you put into that single-family home. Yet, you are encouraged to do this by all of your dumb, dumb friends. Man, I'm telling you. So, you know, all the things that people do are big problems. And those things cost you a whole lot more money than you're going to save cutting coupons and running around town trying to get the best deal on things. So that's that portion. Spend less. How about earn more? How about that one? Is that a big deal? How would I earn more, Todd? What do you mean? I mean, I've already got a full-time job. Let me just quickly tell you a story. I, I have a, a, good friend who works for the city of Minnetonka. He started a side business. Now, look, he doesn't have a technical job. Okay. He's, he works and he works for the city and he's a smart guy, but it's not like he's got a highly technical job. He makes good money, not great money, good money. He started a, a, a side business, which is lawn care. Now, we don't need to go to college to start a business doing lawn care. Well, let me tell you what. In short order, he was making more money on the weekends with his side lawn care business than he was earning during the week with his full-time job. And I can tell you this. The only thing he probably thinks to himself is, is why didn't I do this sooner as opposed to waiting until I was in my mid-40s, early 50s to do it? How much further would I be along and how much better would we be doing financially if I had kept my day job, paid my bills and supported my lifestyle, and taken 100% of that additional money and invested it into investment properties, my 401k, whatever. How much farther? Now, of course, if you have an incessant and, and, as I said earlier, an irrepressible need to have more lifestyle to prove to people, how are you doing? Because, you know, you want to prove to them you bought a new car and you got a bigger house and you're taking a bigger vacation than everybody. And look, guys, don't laugh because this is what most people do. Then you're simply going to take that extra money from that side job and enhance your lifestyle and you're still going to be broke you have to take that extra money from that additional income stream and you have to use it to invest with and to create stability and then later wealth. And if you don't do that, you're never gonna get anywhere. So controlled spending, managing your lifestyle, I didn't say you need to be a minimalist. I didn't say you need to live in a van down by the river. I didn't say that you don't get to enjoy life and take a vacation with your family once or twice a year. I didn't say that. I just want to know whatever that number is, you need to be aware that your day job has to be able to support that. And I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to like. In America, if your combined income isn't approaching a couple hundred thousand dollars as a household income and and by the way you may say that's astronomical because I'm aware the average household income in America is only slightly higher than fifty thousand dollars which just depresses me to no end and and Todd you're saying that I have to be able to earn a household income of approaching two hundred thousand dollars listen to this just to have a reasonable life yes. That is what I'm saying. And if you're not earning that, I already know you're not happy with your life and you want more. Or you have come to live within that bubble because you've learned not to want anything. Either way, that's not money to create wealth with, that's pretty much what it costs to have a decent lifestyle. I don't mean an over-the-top lifestyle by any means, because if you think that money, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, is a ton, let me guarantee you of this. For everybody who does have a household income of that number, you will agree with me and you will attest that only when you earn that money can you fully appreciate how little money it actually is in terms of what it buys in a lifestyle. You won't feel like you're grandiose. You won't feel like you have a killer lifestyle. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. You will simply have an acceptable lifestyle. So if you're making less than that, let, let me tell you, uh, you're not making a lot of money. And what am I saying? I'm saying you have to have an additional income stream to make more than that. Now, if you make less than that, and you can live on less than that because your house payment is less, because everything you do is less, good on you. I'm happy for you, and that's fabulous. Do that, but then control the spending to maintain that lifestyle so that when you do take on an additional income and you have spent the time to think about how can I do consulting? How can I do a side job that I can do? And I take that extra money, and I don't use it to support and subsidize my increasing cost of lifestyle, but I use that money to invest and, and, and create that leverage with that money. Well, then look, then you're going to create stability. I mean, then you're going to create wealth because once you have stability, something that, by the way, most people don't even well they don't perceive it I mean nobody they know has stability they just money in money out what I call it when I do budgeting they have a paycheck they have two paychecks and they get the money it goes into the bank account they pay their bills and there's virtually nothing left or if there is anything left that money will get eaten up when Hanukkah or Christmas or birthdays or Mother's Day or Father's Day comes and realistically they don't have any money so they may make decent money but it's simply a money in money out and there's no money to create any leverage to create any semblance of stability much less financial independence and or retirement so until you figure that out until you confront that demon you're never going to get anywhere let's take our last break we'll be right back You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. So, hopefully, you got my point. Uh, And, you know, a lot of folks, if you're listening to this and this hits you right between the eyes and makes you feel less than, I understand. But at the end of the day, that's not a bad thing. Because if it forces you to do more, if a slap in the face causes you to do more, to become more, to look at things differently... To turn lemons into lemonade, then how can that be a bad thing? And pretty much everything in life is like that. So yes, I would love to spend less, but the big things are the things that really cost you the money. It isn't the small things. It isn't the doing without the, you know, the proverbial cup of coffee. And and don't get me wrong. Those things, you know, over the course of a year, they cost more money and you could make your own coffee and spend less in all kinds of other areas. And I'm not going to dispute that fact. But you need to realize that some of the major things that everyone else encourages you to do are vastly more destructive than that. And that doesn't address the fact that even though all those things are true, you may simply need to make more money. And the question becomes... What will you do to advance in your career? To to do things that create multiple streams of income, to make more money, to become stable and financially secure. Hope this is useful guys. Have a great weekend everybody. Bye-bye.